Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And as usual, you can always reach me at Chef Bry Comedy or simply search Surviving Empathy Podcast. And today, ladies and gentlemen, it comes with a heavy heart that I have to tell you guys that while we are doing pretty good, we aren't doing well enough. And if we don't start getting more growth and more income coming in, I may have to close the doors for good. And so this episode is is pleading my case uh, so that you guys know who we are and what we're about and who we stand for and why. And with our strength and with our wisdom and with our knowledge and with our positivity and hope, we are hoping to create a big, large infrastructure for empaths for people who are struggling with mental health problems and for uh, anybody really who's just working that workaday life and wants a better job or wants more opportunities or wants something more sustainable. We are living in a country, you guys, where people aren't getting where they need to be because uh, for, for whatever reason, uh, there's a glitch in our system where people aren't getting better and they deserve more. And that's what we exist for is to encourage people and to give people knowledge and to give people hope and to talk real common sense approaches to your mental health, to robust living and to a better mindset and better mental health. And so that's what we're trying to do here. And uh, as you guys know, um, I'm not a perfect person. I come here with a host of problems myself, from mental health woes to having grown up and worked almost every single job on the planet. I've been there and I've done that. And I'm here humbly to, uh, to represent you and your best interest. And that's what we're trying to do. So strap in. That's what this episode's about. We're here to talk all about good mental health and talk about uh, why we're doing this for regular working people and just regular average folks. That's who we are and that's what we care about. So strap in and let's begin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy, and today I have my beautiful wife, Rebecca. Please say hello to the folks. Hello, folks. So you guys, uh, you know, it's, I'm just going to come out and say it. There's no way to sugarcoat this shit. I need help. <laughs> um, you know, the numbers are getting better. They really are. In fact, I know for a fact that I'm doing better than a lot of podcasts out there, but I'm not doing better than the big, big shows that are getting thousands and thousands of downloads, but I'm definitely somewhere in between that. And, and that's really good because it means that I... People are finding us. It is happening. There is slow growth. And uh, when you look at the numbers from season one to now, um, it's you can see that steady rise, but it's not rising enough. And the truth is, you guys, is that it's getting to the point where um, my uh, physical disability is getting worse. Uh, I am uh, getting, it's getting harder and harder to find a, a part-time job that's suitable to me here in rural Oregon. And I wanted this to be my full-time gig. It's just that I've been doing this now for about eight months. And all this time, I'm not, I haven't gotten paid one red penny, not one cent. In fact, I spend money on my website, on my equipment, uh, every day, every month, I have to spend the $24 to my uh, 
podcast host, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I'm fine with that, you know, but uh, the truth is, is that I need help. <laughs> I need help so much. And so today, this episode is going to be called uh, My Desperate Plea for Help slash Mental Health Checkup 2.0. <laughs> and uh, well, first of all, uh, first things first, I want to congratulate Idris. She's our dear friend. She's one of our first, you know, friends of the show. She's a dear supporter. She has MS, and uh, so first of all, I want to congratulate her on uh, being the first to be a Patreon patron on Patreon. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and that, if you guys don't know, um, is uh, www.patreon.com forward slash Chef Comedy, and you can uh, donate $3, $5, $10, and if you're really extra special, $20. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what we're trying to do with that, you guys, is we're trying to uh, have stickers and cups and merch. But more than that, I'm going to be um, printing out uh, certificates to my empath tribe for you guys. Uh, and as this gets bigger, you guys, I promise you, we are givers. We are lovers. We want this to turn into something fantastic. Uh, but right now, really... You guys are helping us way more than we're helping you. But someday we want to grow to the point where we're helping you much more than 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 any one individual. We want this thing to be get big. And it is. It is getting there. And I really truly believe that success is not just based on good quality content, but it's also about not giving up. You have to keep on going until people know you're out there. And I really do believe that you know, a third of the population just is, does, does not care about podcasting no matter what. You could point a gun to their head. There's no way they're going to listen to your show. The end. Okay. Fine. You know, um, but then there's, there's, you know, that seven out of 10 people who, who, if you're putting out good work, uh, would listen from time to time. And I truly believe this is going to be a terrific resource for mental health, for empaths. And we like to keep it cheeky and fun, too, with the paranormal and cryptids and all that good stuff, too. And we talk about life stuff when uh, it's applicable to our mental health. So every once in a while, I get a little bit political or I talk about the Ukraine situation. Uh, we, we try not to get too political here on the show, but we do know that we have to recognize objective reality. And in doing so, we have to then recognize our mental health woes, you know. So how are you doing, babe? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. You hanging in there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first, uh, congratulations, Idris, for being the first uh, person to uh, to to subscribe to a plan on Patreon. Uh, she subscribed ten dollars a month, and I know for her that's a lot of money. So thank you, Idris, so very much. Um, and, and on that note, um, I want to talk about Idris. Uh, she has MS. Uh, muscular sclerosis and um see we've been friends since the beginning of the show we kind of met on happenstance and now uh, it got to the point where her ms is giving her problems she's having trouble moving and uh, she's having trouble talking and she's having trouble typing and so uh i got scared because we were kind of having a little bit of a spat you know like a french friendly small time spat a little squabble <laughs> if you will 
And, um, and she's a very forgiving person. And, um, and so it wasn't like her. I thought, you know, God, did I say, did I go too far? Did I say something? Cause she went radio silent virtually on me. And I was like, Oh no. Cause we talk every day, you know, we talk on Instagram and, uh, um, it was just one of those things where I got nervous that perhaps I, you know, said something, you know, but at the end of the day, no, she texted us, left several voice messages to us both. And, um, explained that she's just ha- going through a really bad bout right now. And so we, our heart goes out to Idris. Hun, we are always going to be here for you. And we are allowed to disagree from time to time. There is nothing wrong with the little bit of healthy debate. And, uh, you know, just get better, hun. we We're going to be here for you when you get better. And uh, thank you so very much for your friendship and support. We love you. It's just, it's real. It's genuine. It's from the heart. Absolutely. All of what you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a great person. She's just a good person. And that's the thing about this show, you guys, is that we're not trying to appeal to any one demographic. We're not trying to be only for a certain age group. Um, yeah. Do I talk my shit? Sure. Sure. And have I probably alienated some folks along the way? Trump supporters probably don't like me too good these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. Shucky darn. <laughs> But the point is, is though, is that we're not hateful people. We are actually really, really genuinely nice people. We, we, we would give you the shirt off our backs if we could, but then my nipples would get hard. So I have to, I have to keep my nipples covered. I'm sensitive that way. <laughs> All right. I'm just trying to keep it light. But the point is, you guys, is that, um, we are in desperate trouble, you guys. Um, and that's why we wanted to mix this show with a mental health uh, check-in, uh, as well as uh, talk about uh, the, our desperate need for, for help. Um, so, you guys, I've been doing this for uh, eight, nine months now, um, and we have been getting steady, steady growth, and it's doing really well. I can see the numbers climbing. Uh, this spring break, they dropped off a little bit, and then a friend of mine was like, and I don't pay attention to analytics a lot because – I'm not an egotistical person. There is no ego in this. I just want growth because I want to reach as many people as I can. And uh, he's like, well, my friend, he's like, well, it's spring break. Maybe people are out on spring break doing things. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, when you don't go to school, you're like, eh, what? The only reason I know things are happening is because I work with people who have kids. Right. So they'll mention something. and I'm like, oh, it's that time? What? Okay, (laughs) sure. Yeah. And, um, and the thing is, is that we love every kind of person. We don't care about race. We don't care about religion. We don't care about where you come from. Uh, we don't care what you look like. You know, you can look like Quasimodo. I still love you. It's all good, man. You know, the, the, this show is not only just about positivity and hope and uh, robust living and encouragement for the working, struggling poor, the working class people. It's also a resource for mental health support as well as robust living. And uh, it's all intermingled because when you want to have a good life, you have to be brave and bold and courageous. But at the same time, um, when you're dealing with real problems like depression and anxiety, it gets very real. So uh, real quick, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to my plea to you guys, but um, uh for now, let's talk about our mental health. How are you doing, hon? Okay. Yeah. Not great, but not bad. Right. Just kinda, yeah. Just kind of even keel. Well, at the moment. that's why I wanted you on the show today, because 
not only can you vouch for me in, in, in our backstory and who we are and what kind of people we are, but um, I think you can really open people's eyes to just the severity of what's going on in this country as far as jobs. And I wanted to pick your brain real quick because, I mean, part of the reason why we're putting on this show is we want to reach out to the struggling working class people who are having mental health problems, not just because they've always had it, but also because it's exacerbated by the fact that we're living in hard, hard economic times and what the jobs and the lack of job growth is doing to people. Uh, we talk, you know, open freely, open and freely talk about what you think is going on there and, and maybe just, you know, your two cents for what it's worth. Well, I mean, a lot of places there aren't really great jobs available, especially yeah. if you don't have a higher education, although some that doesn't even matter anymore. Seems it seems like it doesn't matter these days. Even, I knew friends at uh, yeah. Lowe's that had yeah. bachelor's degrees and they would leave for no, a good new adventure and then they'd be back in two or three months because yeah. it fell flat, you know. Yeah, and depending on where you are, there's only certain types of jobs available. Like around here, it's yeah. all retail mm-hmm. or it's like factory seed factories or lumber yards or just yeah. really either retail or really really physical physically stuff, demanding jobs which, and that's why it's hard yeah. for me and i've been looking for a job as a bud tender because i feel like it's one of the few jobs that i could do uh that wouldn't drive me crazy uh not only because i'm an educated person and older now but also because i have physical limitations because of my pain condition fibromyalgia yeah. And that'll happen someday. Huh? That'll happen someday. What? The tender thing. It's, it's oh, fits yeah. you. It'll well, happen. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's hard. I mean, I've applied yeah. for several of these yeah. places, and I haven't even gotten a call yet. I have and a friend who told me she applied for a year and a half all these different places. And I think it's a popular in and, industry. Yeah, it is. Especially sure. in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And and so I do believe that I have a good resume, and I, I, I'm clean cut. I'm a, I'm a very, you know, friendly person. Um, but if they don't have a chance to meet you, you're just a number on a screen. And so yeah. it's really hard to get people's attention anymore. Yeah, yeah it is. You know, it's a very difficult thing about, yeah. Cause I've had, you know, I've all thought about applying at Costco mm-hmm. and somebody, people that work there say, literally, if you apply there, you have to go in there once or twice a week and say, Hey, I applied. Right. Hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. And, don't have the energy for that right well that's like that the old saying that goes for every hour you're supposed to be at work you're supposed to be out there looking for a job but in the in the era of low job growth and lots of high unemployment numbers uh not to mention it's fucking the middle of winter i mean it was Mm -hmm. it's just now getting to be spring but how are you supposed to go out there in a small town as small as this, yeah. and spend all that time, it's a well, it's a waste of time. Impossible. And I can tell you straight up, like for my job, everything's done online. People come in, and it's just kind mm. of, yeah, it's a pain in the neck because the right. managers are doing stuff. The HR person's not there all the time. Right. It's something that yeah, it's not welcome anymore anyway. Yeah, exactly. They would rather you just email them and apply, and then shut yeah. the hell up. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and for me, you know, um, I'm a friendly, charismatic guy, but when you're a chef, everybody wants you to be tough and a hard ass. And I'm at that point where I can be tough. I'm a big guy. I'm a scary looking dude when you don't know me. But once you see the teddy bear smile beneath the beard, 
you realize that I'm just this loving, caring person. I'm a teddy bear. And I, as much as, you know, can I get mean and, and rude to people if I have to? Sure. Yes. But I hate to, and I don't want to. And so yeah. what I've learned is, is up here in rural Oregon, there's all these like old fashioned attitudes about jobs where people still think this is the 1940s and we're supposed to be shucking like, like crazy people. What do you think yeah. about that? Yeah. I hear people that have worked like at the target distribution center mm-hmm. and they said, it's just such a ridiculous situation. People are just on your back nonstop. Nonstop. You can, you I've heard do that this. too, you because I have... you have to do this. You have to do that. Right. And it's just, how can you keep up with something like that? I just don't even, it's not good mentally. It's not good physically. And a lot of companies are still, Doing that. Yeah. And that goes into exactly why we're doing the show is to, uh, you, you've heard the old Allison Chain song to chase misprinted lies. Well, in this case, we are here to identify regressive systems, not because we're spoiled, not, not because we want a perfect life, but I think the lacking of growth in our culture is very much has to do with the corporate agenda and their uh, inability to recognize our our worth and they're just towing the line of very old-fashioned uh points of view the the quotas and and their yeah. the, the pay and the lacking in letting people be themselves i'm finding are in a lot of ways and i'm not sure what you know was it trumpism was it four years of of a tyrant uh, but what what are we dealing with now? What do you think is going on in terms of their attitudes towards the American person? Well, I think it's kind of always been that way. Yeah, and like that, the whole Trump administration it just it encouraged corporations. And I think it, it encouraged, encouraged them their bad to behaviors. do whatever they yeah. could do. Right, and make yeah, a and the thing is, is cares about the this is affecting conservatives too. And so I'm not saying any of this because oh, we want some big liberal bastion utopia although that might be nice um (laughs) (laughs) but well you know the thing is is that i'm not one of those woke liberals i am a pragmatist and i'm a independent and what i want is the kind of change that is good for society not just good for liberals it's not against anyone it's not i'm not against corporate america in fact i've openly talked about the economy before and said, hey, you know, I like Google. I like growth. I like when industries are innovative and and do good work. Um, But, you know, it's like Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. And I I feel like corporate America is shirking their responsibility towards America and Americans and the regular working class. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when you get into situations like from Target or Walmart or wherever, and they're all playing the same videos, these anti-corporate or excuse me, those anti-union videos, I just want to fucking laugh. I'm like, are you serious? Like what fucking year is this? You know, it's getting to the point where it's more regressive than it was 15, 20 years ago. And I just, it's not because the thing is, is like, I am the reason why we're doing this show is to point out uh, the regressive systems in our society, not because we're spoiled or not because we want some perfect situation, but what it's doing is it's ruining the mental health of everybody in this country because we don't move forward, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
And so I work with is doing well. Yeah. Mental health wise. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that I, I put on two shows per week. I give myself a hiatus for mental health recovery and empath recovery, if you will. And uh, I sincerely love people. I know that sometimes I get a little frisky and I say things, but the truth is, is I'm doing this because I turned over a new leaf and I want to truly help this country succeed. And we cannot do that when we're all being placated and, and, and tricked by our governors, by our politicians, by corporate America. We, we have to educate people on why we have to climb out of this rut and move forward, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes, indeed. And just. Oh, go ahead. No. Okay. I was just going to say, um, talking about people falling for that and talking about the union thing. Yeah. When you see posts about unions on, on Facebook and social media, the amount of people that are in a situation that would be greatly helped by a union that yeah. are talking shit about mm-hmm. it and that fall mm-hmm. for the, the propaganda that we're right. fed. Well, that's the problem. Things. See, you know, people think that we're anti right wing, that we're anti conservative. No, but when you trick these fools into thinking that they don't need unions, when you trick these fools into adopting the mentalities of their corporate overlords, it's like, wake up, dummy. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, it's, it's because I want conservative people to do well too. I want everyone to do well. Yes, we need a more... See, and that's just it. I'm not asking that our society get easier. I'm asking that our society get better. And as a result of getting better, it becomes easier, you know? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. You Mm -hmm. know, and that's the thing is I'm talking about common sense solutions that should not be liberal solutions or conservative solutions. These are common sense... Human solutions. Human solutions, right. And... When you start to see other countries and the way they've taken on democracy, they actually do democracy better than us because they have fewer wealth agendas getting in the way of what they want. And so when you have corporate media and the corporate media giants just blasting, blasting, blasting 24 hours a day, 365 days a year into Fox News or the radio stations, local news, Everybody is being slowly uh, devalued and slowly brainwashed into the corporate agenda. And then instead of people putting the blame where it belongs, and I'm not saying it's entirely just corporate America, but it's a bunch of things. And, and, but what it is, is that they're trying to shame and guilt regular working people into going, Oh, it's my fault. I didn't try hard enough. Right. Yeah. That's exactly it's, it's me. Right. I'm the moocher class. Yeah. I'm sorry. I exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's absolutely it. Yeah. And that's not some giant liberal thing. I want good jobs, sustainable jobs, forward thinking jobs and forward thinking agendas so that people can get out of this mess. You know, that that brings me to my next point. Um, There are so many podcasters out there. There are so many YouTubers out there. And you know what I'm what I'm sensing from this is that people go to college and then they they usually get a student loan. Some people get lucky and they have, you know, some help along the way, whether it be parents or a scholarship or something. But most people go through and they get their student loans. And then six months after those student 
after six months after you're out of school, they're, they come. And mm-hmm. I remember when I was um, working as a chef, I was making eight seventy-five an hour, you guys, my first cooking job at a very nice uh, restaurant. That's about what my first medical assisting job was. Yeah. yeah. And and so I six months comes by and they wanted seven hundred and ninety dollars for me per month. I didn't even pay that much in rent. I didn't even make that much right. in those yeah. days, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what you're seeing is, you know, because I, when I signed the dotted line, because a lot of people, you know, the conservative point of view was, well, you shouldn't have signed those, you know, student loans. Yeah. Except they lie to you. They tell you all these things. Oh, they're very flexible. And oh, they do. They work with you and blah, blah, blah. The lady at my school talked, we were there for hours and she was like, oh, no, no, they work with you. They you know, it's very flexible. And if you can't handle this, then they'll do this. And then you can defer and you can do all these things. I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty flexible. Then six months on the day, they call you and like, where's our money? And and then you start getting bills. And I'm like, I called them. I And so I was like, hey, I didn't know that it was going to end up being 700 plus dollars per yeah. month. I'd like to work this down to a, a an amount that's commensurate to how much money I'm making, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, they're like, sorry, we can't do that. They didn't even try. They didn't want to work with me at all. And so then the next thing I tried was I wrote a check for what I could afford, which was $100. And I wrote the check and I sent it to them. And guess what? Three weeks later, I got it back in the mail because they knew that if they cashed it, they were agreeing to my terms. terms. So you can't work with these people. And, And we're getting to the point now where... Uh, why do you think there's student loan forgiveness everywhere? Everywhere. Why is that? Because they're predatory loans, you guys. They were. This all happened during the Bush administration. I'm not blaming them, but this all started in the Bush administration where uh, things started getting a little bit sneakier and sneakier, and they were able to rewrite the laws because all these wealthy lawyers from all these corporations and loaning institutions they knew how to play the game. They know mm-hmm. how to play the system and take advantage of poor people, take advantage of young people. And so they do that. And they do everything to make it seem easy and affordable and just, oh, everybody does it. You know, it's just the next coolest thing, you guys. Yeah. And so then you get in the student loan and then what? And so I was halfway through culinary school. I was working my ass off. And uh, I knew then I was like, I could stop now and know half of this and have no degree or I can continue on and bust my hump and hope that something good turns out. Well, they promised that nine out of ten people would be making fifty to sixty thousand dollars within their first five years and all this stuff. And it's like, oh God, what horseshit, you know? And so that's the problem, you guys. I'm very proud of my culinary school. I'm very proud of Le Cordon Bleu. I'm very proud of all the hard work and dedication that I did to quote unquote. This is their motto. To turn my passion into a profession, you know, I was mm-hmm. very proud of it. And you and, should be. Yeah, thank you. But the thing is, is that at the end of the day, once that uh, sort of ended up taking place, um, the jobs, you know, when you're making a, as a line cook, you're like, fuck. And there's so much drama and there's so much hate and there's people drinking and carrying on and it got unsustainable. It was it was it was toxic. And so I moved around a lot as a chef trying to find a good fit. Uh, finally thought I had a good fit at this winery. He was a good man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't hire me. He ended up hiring. I had to t- 
test. I had to, you know, try out. I had to cook all these meals for him and his whole family. And uh, he tells me, oh, you, you did better than any other candidate did. But I'm going to hire this guy with 10 years of experience over you. Right? I was like, yeah, even though, you know, for a fact, I'm a better cook than him. Why is that? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, in other words, ageism. Back yeah. then I was getting ageism because I was too young. Now I'm getting ageism because I'm too old. It's like, right. oh, my God, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I've always had a little bit of Dick Clark syndrome and that I look younger than I am. But when I was younger, I was always trying to look older. And now that I'm older, I'm trying to look younger because the opposite is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. so the point is, you guys, is that, um, you know, people are getting fucking the shaft in this country and probably in around the world. And I hate to break it to you, but you guys, that is what we call regressive systems we're not trying to make it perfect what we're trying to do is make systems pay well systems you know pay commiserate to the job and pay for people who have experience the reason why i got out of being a chef is because i'd been doing it for 12 years and i got to the point where the most they wanted to pay me was 14 15 dollars an hour but the amount of hours I had to work to get that, that was on salary. I was working yeah. 60, 70 hours sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think I kind of, in a way, I kind of lucked out when we moved to Oregon because mm-hmm. I was over the medical assisting thing. But yeah. it was what I knew because I had done it for 18 years. Right. And I got we got up here and you had to have an actual certification in mm-hmm. order to be a medical assistant up here. And yeah. I don't have that anymore. You right. know, I graduated well, school 20 years beforehand. And yeah. And that was the same with me with massage therapy. I thought, well, maybe I'll get back into yeah. massage therapy again. Mm-hmm. But then the thing is, is you move out of state and they have completely different requirements. Different. Yeah. And if it was just a matter of getting more hours, I'd say, sure. They wanted me to start. Not only did I need more hours, but they wanted me to start over with the hours I already had. I was like, dude, right? Yeah. I've got 500 hours in this, man. No yeah. way. So it kind of, in a way, it was a good thing because it kept me from falling mm. back into the thing that was killing my soul after 18 years. Right, right. But it was also really, it was really frustrating because here I am 18 years in pediatric experience mm-hmm. and they'd rather hire an 18-year-old fresh out of school yeah. because there's a certification behind their name. Yeah. Which was just... And that, again, it goes into what I was saying the other day about that exploitation mechanism inherent in our system, is that they would rather hire a new, fresh face over an experienced face because they know they can exploit young people. And that's part of it, yeah. And And that's what I was saying about bosses that are 25 years old. I got nothing... I'm not an ageist. I got nothing against young people. But as an almost 50-year-old, do you think I really want to... Some arrogant, cocky prick of a fucking boss some 25 year old who's just goes out and parties every weekend and then they come back and then they ask me and then get on my case because i'm not being responsible enough it's like Mm -hmm. you're you're half you're half drunk most of your life what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know so yeah 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 and so you know the thing is is like i i was born to a single mom and thankfully I have grandparents that were in the picture, but I grew up in a garage, you guys. They, my grandfather built a makeshift garage for my mom and I. How, can you imagine being 15 years old, living yeah. in a garage with your parents yeah. in a upper middle class coastal town in California yeah. in the 80s? Yeah. It was embarrassing. Well, the house we lived in was a 
it was it was kind of a shithole. It was an older house. <laughs> but it was but, our shithole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My parents they were just. Mm-hmm. It was the time when you could buy a house for what I don't know, eight thousand dollars, ten thousand right. dollars in that in that area because that area at the time wasn't a rich yeah. enclave. It was just little it became little that crystal over town, time. and it right. became that. Well, but yeah, I mean, my my bedroom mm-hmm. had been the previous carport. So yeah. it wasn't, you know, it was Cold, it was a tiny little damp, yeah, tiny little old house. Yeah. But my parents were lucky enough to somehow scrape that together with my dad working as a construction yeah. worker, making maybe six thousand a year like that time. Like yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and like for me, I went into the military because after high school, by then I had moved to a, a different town up in Reading. And um, I didn't know what to do. All my friends were getting drunk and high every night, and I needed to get the fuck out of there. I was thinking of going back down to California, but with the cost of living, I would have ended up living at Craig's house, going to Quest to College for 18 and a half years just to get an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. And even if you have an associate's degree, they're like, so? you know, I've got two. Yeah, no, I have I have one and I almost have two, but I mm-hmm. the the standards changed between yeah. then and now, but yeah. uh yeah, you know, and that's the thing, you know, I grew up so poor and it's not my fault. I wasn't, you know, my mom was a single mom. She could she didn't know she was going to have to divorce my dad who was in the military, you know, but things happen. And so um uh, to make a long story short, we ended up moving uh, to Redding, California. We ended up living with my grandparents. And then finally, my grandfather sold that house and he bought two mobile homes, one for me and my mom and one for themselves. And we lived there forever. And and uh, then my grand, my uncle moved in my because he needed help because he was having job troubles. But then he came up and he's a drug abuser and all this stuff. And it was just a terrible, terrible time. Uh, in a time in my life where I was trying to do good in life, I was working in restaurants, I was building experience, and then this this scuzzy drug addict guy moves in to our house, and uh, for first six months he was living on our couch, and then finally he got to a point where he converted his uh, pickup truck into a camper, and he lived out there. I mean, this was my life, and then and then and then of course you guys have know the story of where. You know, I was working on my vehicle and uh, we got in an altercation and he stabbed me and I almost died. And so then, I mean, it's a hillbilly white trash hoedown. <laughs> and I'm, we're not the, that kind right. of people, yeah. you know. Sometimes and your circumstances push you into your circumstances that of poverty. Commiserate with your character. That's right. That's exactly what it is, is that your poverty puts you in tenuous situations that you would rather not be in. And then people start treating you like trash. I remember when I, I went to the dentist and because I didn't have insurance, I was going to pay cash. He said he, he made some snide remark to me because he wanted to make the good money. He wanted to make the insurance money. And I said, well, sorry. And I got pissed. I mean, he was rude. And I, and, and, and it wasn't until that time that I started to realize that being poor is like a stain on your reputation. And it shouldn't, because there's a lot of poor mm. people out there who majority do. Majority of people are. Yes. And that's something I was <laughs> going to get ready to say, is that right now, when you look around, my friend, the chiropractor, his wife, he's a chiropractor with a, a chiropractic diploma. She has a, a master's in business association, and uh, he's trying to open two practices now, and, and, and now 
you know, his, his mom is uh, getting ready for her end of life transition and she's had a stroke and she's not doing well. And, uh, you know, the whole family's like, well, you need to take care of her because you're the one with the fancy chiropractor career. He's like, yes, but I'm not making any money yet. And I've sunken all yeah. of my money into these two practices. And so they're kind of playing this like nobody wants her. It's like, dude, that's your mom. Take her. <laughs> yeah. I think he would, but he's so busy with time and he yeah. has no money. Yeah. But everybody's like, oh, he's the fancy pants chiropractor. He can he can take but her. But he's not. And they, they have a house because <clears throat> she bought it years ago when yeah. she did, like 20 was, years did ago. have a career. Went back when she had a career, and right. was able to fall into something when it was semi-affordable still. But yeah. otherwise, they wouldn't be well, and the, in that situation The either. sucky thing is, is that she has a, a degree and she's a really nice person. But she can't even get a job at Costco sometimes because she's yeah. overqualified. That's yeah. what happens to me is either I'm completely unqualified or I'm completely overqualified. And it's like, it's almost like they change the rules based on, oh, if you're overqualified, it's because, well, you won't like it here because you're just too smart. You're too mature and you've got too much experience. And then when you, but then on the other hand, their excuse is, is, well, you have no relevant experience in that. Right. And that's like the old days. The, mm-hmm. You used to be able to be trained at something. Yeah. You didn't have to come in. They don't want to train people because they don't want to pay experience. the money. Yeah, exactly. You know? But I even, I've come across articles where somebody that literally knows a certain type of IT thing because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. will look at these ads that are advertising saying you have to have so many years of experience with a certain thing. And yeah. he's like, that hasn't even been around for this long. Yeah. So people are literally requiring qualifications that can't even be that they can't happen that is literally literally impossible to do that because it hasn't existed yeah so just the qualifications Mm -hmm. required are just ridiculous on some of these things like how are you supposed to get experience if no one will hire you to get that experience yeah exactly so um real quick so i want to kind of continue on so then what happened was is i got out of cooking and i got into um I, when I met you, I was working at the army base and I was making $21 an hour. And that was pretty good. That was, you know, 42000 per year at the time. And that was doing pretty darn good. That's the best paying job I've ever had. And I've that ain't much. close to that. <laughs> yeah. And, and that wasn't much. I, I know. mean, you know, by the time yeah. I paid rent and all my utilities and everything, I didn't have that much left. It wasn't enough to really get ahead. Um, but it was the best paying job I've ever had. And the reason why I was, I was, and I was getting paid, it was $20 an hour job. But then because I had a class A license, I was able to make a dollar more because I could drive big rigs. And we worked out at an army post where we had to drive military vehicles. And so we got mm-hmm. a little bit of in- incentive pay for being able to drive some of the bigger vehicles that uh, the others couldn't. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I told you the story of how that all kind of went sideways after my, mm-hmm. my, my, uh, my boss, Mark comes at me because all these uh, haters and naysayers are telling them all this crap that's not true about me uh, because they were a bunch of, uh, you know, it was, frankly, I believe it was racial. They didn't like me because I was white and I was intelligent. And, and you know, I like Latinos. I love yeah. Mexicans. I love every race. So it, it pains me to say it, but there's reverse racism in some cases and you don't realize it until yeah. you look back on it. And you're like, yeah. they hated me because I was white and because I was smart and I was different because I was, I was, you know, I, I stuck out there because all the people there were kind of, you know, very conservative, very, 
you know, rural. And here I am, Mr. Fancy Pants, who my last job, I mean, literally when I went into the interview, I was wearing uh, my dress clothes. I was wearing like a tuxedo style suit because I was, I had just gotten done with a limo drive because exactly. I was that working was just, two jobs. That was your uniform. That was my uniform. Right. And then they, they, he almost didn't want to hire me because I was too fancy looking. I was like, dude, I'm a limo driver. <laughs> And then I'm on the side, I drive a bus, yeah, you know, exactly. And, yeah. uh, and so I got the job only because I, I, I t- had to talk him into it. Mm-hmm. But then before too long, everybody assumes you're Mr. Fancy Pants because you wear glasses, because you look a certain way. And hey, sorry if I have a higher IQ than you. What the hell am I supposed to do about that? Sorry if I bathe. Sorry if I bathe regularly. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry if I believe in unions. Oh yeah. Right. We had to, um, vote for whether or not we wanted union there and because two-thirds of the people out there were conservative nobody wanted a union and i i I didn't know at the time because but apparently that's a thing where conservatives don't like unions i'm like are you stupid yeah like (laughs) like we can talk about you know how unions and i've talked about this on the show where we can talk all day about whether or not unions are fair or whether or not they charge too much or whether or not you know, how we can keep them in check because I think unions get too powerful too, like the Teamsters unions, and then they get too big and then they get kind of corrupted and then they can start taking union dues and then thinking more about themselves than they are thinking about you. That being said, what kind of leverage can you use against an evil corporation if you have no leverage, if you have no union? You... (laughs) Yeah, People, and that's like, exactly like what Starbucks has been doing. More yeah. and more stores are voting to do that. Mm-hmm. And I actually read an article about, mm-hmm. I think it was the founder of it. And he was pissed because he his whole thing was like, oh, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. And because, yeah. and then he didn't. Mm-hmm. But then, oh, you guys don't trust me. You don't trust me. Now I'm sad. Now oh, I'm hurt. We don't oh, trust the billionaire. Right? Yeah, exactly. We don't trust the billionaire <laughs> who spent his entire life lying to us. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is I'm not anti-rich. I'm not one of those like people that that hate the rich or hate corporations. I hate certain behaviors, and I think they need correcting. But you know, the, if the meek shall inherit the earth, I'm not seeing it yet it, because it's all about the power and that consolidated power. And that's why it's not. That's why I have trouble with the Republican Party. It has nothing to do with conservatives or conservatism. It has to do with wake up, dummy. <laughs> They're using you for their corporate agendas, yeah. you know? Yeah. And sure. so to make a long story short, we actually got the unions and it came in handy because remember I told you that in that last episode, I talked about Mark and the little fiasco we had. And mm-hmm. when the union stepped in, man, right? he didn't yeah. say shit ever again because yeah. finally I had somebody I could reach out to when he wasn't coming correct. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was screwed. Yeah. And I, but I still put him in check and I never did get any guff from him from that point on. And it was because frankly, I know my rights, you know, and that's the thing is not everybody knows their rights and not, and they count on that and they count on that. That's right. That's right. And that's why, you know, you can start a job thinking you have rights or start a job thinking you've got some kind of unions or you you start, uh, you, you go get student loans and you think you've got some retribution or some options and you don't. Kind of like with that job, when you ended that job, mm-hmm. 
they didn't count on you knowing that you had to have your last paycheck within a certain time within period. Within 72 hours? And when they didn't, <laughs> then, oop, they paid you twice. That's right. I got paid twice. <laughs> yeah. and that was a big check, too, yeah. boy. I got right. a $1,300 check, and I got it twice. Yeah. And it pissed them off. Yeah, and it I, did. I laughed but, all the way to the right? bank. Because you knew your rights. That's right. Them. You have to know your rights. Well, my, my mom's best friend's a lawyer, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is that I... You know, I wish we lived in a world where we didn't have to get tough all the time. You know, and that's why I always pre, um, I always say on the show how we need to be kind. We need to, need to be gentle. We need, need to be loving. But that's always, um, I always have to say first though that we're living in a fucked up world. We're living where people are becoming some accidental and some intentional, but people are becoming predators, predatorial. And so we have to watch our back because at the end of the day, you don't know whether or not your coworkers have your back. You don't know if your employer is going to come correct. And so we have to know our rights because now that overpopulation is taking over the world, uh, there are less and less jobs and, and just it seems like it's turning unsustainable. And so that's where I got into radio and I loved it. And I, oh man, I just knew this was for me. I knew it. I was like, this is for me. And uh, because I'd always, you know, I was in drama. I was a singer in choir for many years. And so I just had a natural voice talent. And so I was like, oh, this is for me. But I didn't start off as a DJ. In fact, I never even worked as a DJ for real. What I did was, as I was a, um, a promotions assistant where as you remember, we remember we I used to go on your jobs. Yeah, we used to go to, you know, we used <laughs> to go fun. to events all the time. And I would set up the event for the DJ and then I would break it down and take it home and all that. And we drove a, a truck with a trailer and all that, mm-hmm. the big K jug jug, you know. Yep. <laughs> and um, but in doing so, I also learned a lot about the radio technologies. I learned all about it. And um, and then my friend, of course, was in radio, so he was a friend of mine, and he also worked at the st- at the station. And so occasionally, I'd get to go be on the air with him, and I just loved it. And we were funny yeah. together, and we worked together, and that's why in the beginning I was trying to say, "Hey, we should do a radio show together." Um, but yeah. you, you guys you know. do do work together well. Well, with, that's why we're trying to do a comedy right? album yeah. together because. We we do work so well together. Mm-hmm. We're fucking hilarious together yeah. because we grew up together, yeah, and we know exactly. all each other's beats, and we we mm-hmm. just have the same sense of humor. Um, so never mind that he's a Trump supporter now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I love him. He's a great guy. Um, anyways, but getting back, you, you know, but I got into radio and I got the bug for it, and then I had my shoulder surgery right when things were starting to cool off where there's going to be a little hiatus between winter and spring. And so they're like, sorry, we don't have any work for you right now because it's winter and you know, we just don't go out on events. I was like, okay. So that's when I had my shoulder surgery. And that's when we realized that our, uh, we were getting ready. Our, uh, our lease was about to end and my mom and my aunt and the two of us, we were all like, shit, now what, you know? And so mm-hmm. what we ended up doing uh, to save us is we ended up moving back up here because we had lived up here previously once before, but we moved to a smaller area because we didn't like the attitudes in that big town yeah. of, of Vancouver, Washington. Um, and there wasn't good jobs there. There wasn't good growth there. And it was a very, there's just a very backwards attitude about jobs there. And people were mean to each other there. I mean, when I worked at Lowe's there, People were like, they would go out of your way to be mean. And these are your coworkers. You're like, Jesus yeah. Christ, <laughs> no. you're supposed to help me. I'm here to help you. What the hell? Mm-hmm. 
And so long story short, what happened was when we moved here, I tried to get a job in radio because that's that was my most recent job. And I looked everywhere, boy. And then so eventually I couldn't find anything. And even when I did, they wouldn't pay more than minimum wage and they wouldn't offer more than 10, 15 hours a week. I was like, geez, okay. So what I ended up doing is getting a job at Lowe's. And uh, one day it was the it was the grand opening of this of this Lowe's. And so what happened was is uh, the radio station was there. And so I, I was like, ooh, maybe this is my way in, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I went and talked to the DJ about my experience and she, you know, she gave me some half-hearted advice and, and whatnot and I tried it, but it never worked out. But the point is, is she even said that she was like living at a friend's house and like she was yeah. paying a little <laughs> bit of rent. In other words, she was doing it for the love of it. She wasn't doing it for money. Yeah. And, and I can, I can appreciate that because I love radio and I would take a pay cut to do it. But that being said, um, what happened was, is, um, so I worked at Lowe's for several years and, uh, things finally came to a head because what happened was, is they were restructuring everything and they were making managers have to, uh, re, uh, uh, interview for their jobs. And then as a result, some of my best friends lost their jobs. Uh, that's how Evan ended up moving out to Iowa for a few years. He's back now. Uh, welcome back, Evan. It's good to have you. Um, but there's what, what it is, what it boils down to is that the good ones, um, got screwed over. Whereas the biggest assholes, the, the flash Thompsons, if you will, uh, the little kiss asses are the ones that did well there. And, uh, but even they got screwed over eventually. And now it's at a point where I recognize nobody at Lowe's. Yeah. And that wasn't that long ago, Mm-mm. you know? Nope, but so, so that's what happened. You guys, I was in this very oppressive, very depressing job well, well overqualified from, from my job. I was a weekend associate. I was what's called a Wii team member. And I had to work every department, which challenged me greater than just working one department because then I had to get proficient at all departments. Oh, yeah. And so there's a lot to know. At all yeah, there is a lot areas. to know. And there are a lot of equipment to run. You, you have to know how to do a lot of things. And that challenged me for a while. But then uh, I, you know, I applied three times for a manager position. Nothing was happening. And then by then, the restructuring and the attitudes and just, uh, you know, the first year was great. The morale was terrific. I was really actually proud to work at Lowe's. And then by the end, I was, and I hate saying this, but I was suicidally hating it. I told my, you know, because at the time uh, you were using the truck for your job. And so then my mom had to drive me in and I felt like a baby. I felt like, God, why am I 17 again? What's going on here? Why? I felt like a little kid again, going into my little kid job. And, uh, and so, uh, the oppression and the, the regressive attitudes and the, just the, the, their unwillingness to, to keep morale high. I just said, fuck all this. And so I said, you know what? Build it and they will come, Brian. Uh, be a good person and people will learn through your example how to be a good person themselves they'll they'll learn where the line should be and so that's what i did is uh it took me a long time to get there first i tried a, a youtube channel that didn't take off and uh and so here i am doing a podcast but you know the difference between the podcast and the the youtube channel is that not only do i feel like i'm putting out better work uh because it's this is better suited for me because of my radio experience but also, um, it's just, it's growing. 
I was yeah, not growing on the YouTube. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I might be able to grow now as a sub, you know, just kind of a, a, an extra subsidy channel where I can subsidize my podcast with that. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I was just um, at a point where I was morbidly depressed. I was having panic attacks again, and I hadn't had that since t- 2006 when I was having a life crisis after my grandfather passed away. And, um, and it just, it hurt to be alive. And I was thinking about suicide and that was with you here. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was really scary. And remember we had that thing where I, I lost my shit and there was a knife and I was going to cut myself and it was bad, you guys. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I've never had really bad mental health. I've always been able to manage my depression. I've always, you know, I always called it um, situational depression because I knew, ask yourself this, if you won the lottery, would you still be depressed? And the answer is no, probably not. Maybe I'd struggle a little bit here and there. And it's like, the, you know, all the people, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, the people saying that have money. (laughs) The people who say that never had to struggle like us. Exactly. You know, and so that's the thing, you guys, is that we're here to plead for your help. Um but I, but I want to give you guys something in return. I'm trying to create newsletters for empaths and the struggling uh, working class. I call it the working poor, our working class heroes. There is no shame in that game if that's what you're doing because we're all there. We're all doing that. And so everybody with a degree is trying to become content creators of some kind because there's really no infrastructure for people to go into anymore. And so... The sad part is, and I hate being the bearer of bad news, but I do believe that the lacking of success in America, I can't speak for other countries, but the lacking of success is is a feature, not a bug. You know? Yeah. No, it's absolutely by design. Yeah. 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 So at the end of the day, you guys, you know, I'm not going to tell you every story um, in the world of our life and hardships. I'm not trying to uh, come off heavy handed here, but I want you guys to understand that um, I grew up poor and in all likelihood, unless something changes, I'm going to die poor. And that should not be because I have worked my ass off my whole life. And now here I am with a disability that I believe is partly because my mom has it too. So I think there is a genetic factor but also because um, my mom was told that she, her fibromyalgia started after her accident at work. She fell and ripped her shoulder. And uh, same thing happened to me as I had shoulder surgery. And that's when I started exhibiting mm-hmm. pain symptoms, fatigue symptoms, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, is that now I'm at a point where I can't go work at these really, really tough jobs with all these quotas that are very physical, not only because I wouldn't want to, but also because um, they're exploiting people to death. And I really do truly believe that the reason why there's so many corporate uh, jobs here is because um, this state of Oregon uh, is is a poor state. There's not a lot. Once the limber, lumber industry kind of went away, there's not a lot of resources here. And so what happens is, is uh, these uh, corporations can get uh, real estate on the cheap, they buy their way into these uh, places where they offer lots of jobs. And then all these people, you know, these people are desperate to work. And so at the end of the day, 
most people are, are lucky to have a job working at Amazon or working at Target or one of these distribution yeah. centers. And while it all sounds great on paper, uh, those jobs aren't really, uh, they're not, they're not getting better. They're not paying better. They're not treating their employees better. And I just don't think that I can ever truly trust the corporate agenda, you know? Because it's just, yeah. at the end of the day, they don't care whether you live or die poor. They don't care about your quality of life. And so uh, this here, what I'm doing is, this isn't my way of shirking my responsibilities. This is my way of stepping up into my responsibilities. Because at the end of the day, I started to see that unless I were to make a change in my in my own life and, and speak up for the working class, that uh, it was just going to continue to happen forever and ever. And I, I truly believe that we're doing good work here because I've had several emails of people telling me I left a bad job with bad mental health or I left a, re- a regressive uh, uh, religious situation, a religious um, commune that was very oppressive. I've, I've been uh, abused by uh, narcissistic sociopaths and predators, this, this, and that. And all these letters, you know, come in and you realize that, this is a resource, you guys. This is helping people. This is helping people to, because people don't want to be sugar-coated full of nonsense. Sure, we want positivity, but we want that positivity to be in the real world that we're living in, not sugarcoat everything to the point where you can't relate anymore. We want to talk about the truth, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, babe, um, I know... You know, part of the reason why I am so, so desperate to get this growing better is not only because we're doing such good work, and I I know that for a fact now, and the numbers are getting there. They're growing. I know for a fact that I can't quit at this point because just like culinary school, I knew this is is, uh, everything or bust. You know, I have seen my numbers. My analytics are good, but they're just not thousands of downloads per day good. I have to continue to wait, wait, wait. And so uh, I will talk at the end about that. But, babe, part of the reason why I I want this show to work is because I love you. And I see that you you're the ticking time bomb of of death. I see how you're going to start. You know, what happens, you guys, is that she'll do good and she'll work and she'll do really good. And her personality is good and she's strong and she's savvy. And then before too long, by day four or five, uh, you realize that um, now she's having to call in sick for mental health days. And then what you start to see is her uh, crying over the littlest things. And she's I'm doing, doing now. right now. And that's okay. I wanted but. to pick your brain because you and I are good people. We've always been good people and we've always been there for everyone. Why is it that good people just get the shit end of the stick, babe? And tell me about what's going on. I don't know the answer to that question, but, and, I'm lucky to have the job that I have because honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot worse around here for a lot. It's less. bad, but it's not as bad. Exactly. Yeah. Like the good things about it, like I'm mm. making more than I ever did as a medical assistant. Right. And I just got bumped up to full time status, which means I will keep getting raises yeah. until I hit the, the top off for full time. Yeah. Well, and I knew when, when you got, you know, uh, uh, full time status, I was like, are you sure you want to do that? Because you can't back out of it, you know? Um, and so I'm so thankful that you're able to um, have sick days because of your FMLA, because of her chronic migraines. And, um, and you know, that's the thing is that everybody these days is acting like, you know, 
we're all superheroes and that we're supposed to go in and have a a hundred percent attendance rate and be these super duper workers. And while I've always had a really strong work ethic, I'm at the point where I'm like, are people getting stupid? What the fuck is the point? You're they're not, they're not incentivizing people to want to care that much anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. But talk about I mean, your grievances. Well, talk about what you put up. I, with. Well, I, I want to talk about the good mm. stuff about it too, because yeah. I am really lucky when I hear about No, I people, agree with that. I think you work with working some fantastic for other, people, other retail outlets. Like mm-hmm. I full-time status is at least 32 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And my manager lets me do 32 hours a week. So I work four days a week and have three days off, which yeah. that in itself. I think that's what's saving is, you. That's right what, now. It is what's saving me. I wouldn't be able to do it like 40 hours. Um, yeah. We only get, if you work a hundred hours a month, you qualify for insurance. Yeah. So, so many places don't let you have insurance unless you're full time. Yeah. They do. And the insurance is really cheap. Forty dollars mm-hmm. a month for both of us. Yeah, for everything. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. Oh, insurance I think my lucky stars like, that we have that. Yeah, I don't and, know what I would do without it. I yeah, would probably be so, on Obamacare, getting denied everywhere, yeah. and then having to go to the one doctor who takes Obamacare doctors, around yeah. here, which who I didn't like. Yeah. So yeah, I mean as far as that goes, and <clears throat> compared to some other places, it's it's not as physical as some places are. I mean, yeah. I have to stand eight hours a day and that's hard on me. And that's yeah. another reason four days a week is what I can do because right. I just can't. Well, yeah, we're and, almost 50. Yeah. Out and loud. it works with my, I'm a night owl. So mm-hmm. working eight to five for t- almost 20 years killed me in this place. Yeah. I can work one thirty to 10. I can stay up till three, sleep till noon. It works with me. That's why and, I don't remember half of my military career because most of it happened before noon and I'm a night owl by nature. Yeah. I was in school and I'm mm-hmm. always going to be that way. Now that doesn't mean that I haven't worked a million early morning jobs because I have, Yeah, but I barely have a memory of it because I was fucking half asleep most of the time. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting, trying to get used and, to it, you know? and I was tired all the time. Yeah. And now like, you know, I, mm. I sleep on my lunch breaks because I was so tired and I don't feel the need for that anymore because right. it's working with my, yeah, my body and my circadian rhythm. So there's so many good things about it. There's you work with some terrific people, and I work with really great. You have people. a very understanding yes. boss. Um, my and only- the FMLA with my headaches saves me. So I, you know, I mm-hmm. don't get points, but at the same time, when I call out, I don't get paid. Yeah, because I go through my sick days like well, crazy. So you know, and that's the downside is that they don't offer enough sick days, like five days for an entire year. And then, and then yeah. if you run out of those, then you have to use your vacation yeah. days. And mm-hmm. then by the time you go on vacation, guess what? There's you only have three there. fucking yeah. vacation days and then you have to use sick hours though, or, or not get paid for your vacation. Yeah. And even though I'm full time, it bases my sick hours available on the 32 hours. Not mm-hmm. the fact that I'm full time, it's how many yeah. hours. So just like that with holidays, I get paid for six hours because my mm-hmm. average is 32 hours a week. So that's just little ways that they nitpick. And mm-hmm. people that were there at the beginning get time and a half on holidays. Everybody else gets a dollar more an hour. Right. So it's right. just, I mean, at the it bottom just, of it, it's well, a corporation. And it's, yeah, well, that's the thing I've learned and what I'm noticing is that once upon a time, you could work at that grocery store, and I won't name it here, but you could work at that store and retire a millionaire and slowly but surely it's getting to the point where that employee owned store brand that they sell isn't. Yeah. Maybe it's employee owned, but it's not doing 
the employees any good anymore yeah, because it's gone from the original person that started it mm-hmm. to people that are coming from corporations that are right. minded and that's the mindset they bring and to they it get all these fancy it. lawyers and they rewrite mm-hmm. everything and they rewrite yeah. the rules and they rewrite the benefits and then by the time yeah. and that's what i'm saying is that we're living in a time you guys where young people um you know get so much shit for being young and being naive or whatever, being inexperienced. But the truth is, is I advocate for young people because not only do I see that there, there's a good group of kids coming up these days that are good people. Um, do I get tired of TikTok videos and shallowness and plasticness and everybody and their brother trying to become a model instead of work for a living? Sure. Like, God damn it, you know, uh, because you just want people to learn a good work ethic and you want people to pay their dues before they start earning dividends. Me, I've been in the workforce for 30 years. I've worked my ass to the bone and I'm at a point now where it's hard, hard, hard to, to not only go into a job every day and hump physical labor jobs, but it's also hard dealing with bosses that are young, younger than you that are often not as intelligent as you, not often not as experienced. And when you, and if I did want a manager position, um, they'd be like, well, where's your recent experience? Because everything is older now because I've been doing radio for so long. That, uh, you know, you have to, I have to go back a little ways to, to talk about my retail experience. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, um, I'm, I'm for, I'm thankful and I'm grateful for the life we have. But when I think about the life we have, I mean, we're living in a mobile home in rural Oregon with my mom and aunt. And, you know, and I could only be thankful that we're with them and not two strangers. Yeah, and that's yeah. the big thing I'm thankful for. I'm thankful I have a roof over my head. I'm thankful I'm healthy. I'm thankful my mother is healthy. I'm thankful for being able to keep an eye on my mom in her time of need. Um, but one day, I mean, you know, I once upon a time, I was a power broker, dude. I was looking to get, you know, get not wealthy, but just make good money. And yeah. now it's, we're at a point where it doesn't seem like anybody is getting anywhere. And I do believe that that is by design, not only because the cost of living is going up and the, and, uh, we're, we're overpopulation, but then the corporations are all working together to make sure that we will settle for the status yeah. quo nothingness. And t- speaking of unions, mm-hmm. not the second, but, um, yeah. we're not. A union store, mm-hmm. but when stores that mm-hmm. are unionized go on strike yeah. and get raises, it you makes us an- get raises, right? Because they want to keep yeah. up with those. So that's well, we can talk all day long about how unions need to be put in check sometimes when they get too big or they start losing their way over time and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the end of the day, to to outright dismiss them as being useful. Come on, get a break. Learn, yeah. learn, learn the economy, stupid. Yeah. So we just get the the <clears throat> offshoot benefits of right. stores because living vicariously through us. their yeah. uh, collective bargaining. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, there's so many good things about my job, and then when I really stop and think about it and appreciate yeah. it, there are really good things. But it, oh, it's I love also, your, some of your coworkers. It's also fucking hard. It I'm is almost hard. fifty. I have to stand for eight hours yeah. a day, I I, and it mm-hmm. doesn't. I'm going to do a, a Nandor the Relentless. It just doesn't relent. You go in the parking it lot. never relent. Every, <laughs> go in the parking lot every day, yeah. and it's just a shit show. So busy. Yeah. And there's, and it never being slows an, down. Being an introvert. Yeah. Being an exhausting. introvert, 
being yes. an empath introvert, it is, it is so a, exhausting. It, it's a it's it's an extra, it's a Herculean task. It's it it's is. a it's a it's a it's a yeah. It's the it's the hardest thing for an introvert in the world, and and that's the thing is, um, as an empath, I can tell where you're at on the dial um, of how much time I have until you lose your shit and have and explode, you know, and, and yeah. I know you don't mean it, you know, and, and you have every right to be upset, but I, I don't know what to do for you. And, and I, yeah. I can let go of this and go work a, a regular job, but then I'll be there forever and never get pay raises and never get what I want. Yeah. Or conversely, I can do this and help people and, and, and stick it out during the tough times until, uh, this starts showing some dividends and I do believe it's going to, I really truly do. And that's why I'm still here doing it. Not only because I actually care about this country and I actually care about the world and I actually care about people, but also because I believe that I have a wealth of wisdom and experience to give to you as an older person who's been through mental health problems, has been through suicidal problems, has been through anxiety and panic attacks, and have gone through all of that, you guys. But not only that, I've, I've worked the corporate jobs, I've worked the regular jobs, I've been a boss, and I've been an underling. I've made everything from nothing all the way up to $16 an hour. But I can tell you, well, actually, no, I made $21 an hour. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, but at the end of the day, it's like you get to a point where you're hustling and bustling every day. And then you wake up one day and you realize that you've lost your fucking soul. You've lost your fucking identity and you've got no gas in the tank for yourself anymore. That's what pisses me off. For yourself or like for you. I feel yeah. like there's so many times when I don't. I'm getting teary. That's okay. Let but it out. There is nothing left over because being such an introvert, like yeah. I have to be on all the time. All the time, yeah. And it's so exhausting. Well, and the thing is, is that if you hang on, I really think what we're doing here is special. You know, I left my job. Uh, it was spiritual. I said, no, I know there's good people in this world and I know they need somebody like me to help them figure out life to help them through the hard times. And I know sometimes I am not always the most positive person in the world. I get negative from time to time. And that's because um, I'm nobody's helping me and nobody's sharing the podcast. I feel like I'm doing, I'm lifting the world like Atlas all by myself. And I love doing it. But at the end of the day, I need help too. And, and so, yeah, and that's what's, what this is all about. You guys is that I wanted this to be kind of a mental health check-in 2.0, and I say that because we did it once before, yeah. um, but also because I wanted to plead for uh, your help. Um, I'm not asking uh, because uh, I'm a charity case. I'm not asking because um, you owe me anything. I'm asking because I'm a veteran. I'm a soldier. I've worked 30 years. I've paid my dues, and I've worked every style of job. I mean, I have worked i have a i have gone back to school so many times and retrained so many times you've seen it yeah i, have. I mean i have um a, a phlebotomy certification i have a massage therapy certification i have an emt certification i have a class a certification i went to school for that uh, i have a culinary degree um, and that's just my civilian shit. You want me to get into my military <laughs> right, training? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so the point is, you guys, is that, um, it's, there's, it is, it is not foolish to say that it is a fool's errand nowadays 
to think that going to school is going to magically make you a millionaire. It is not. And I'm not even looking to get rich at this point. At this point in my life, I just want enough money to come in so that I can continue growing the show, growing the brand, growing and helping people out there who are crying and struggling for, they're crying for help just like you. And I, as an empath, I sense it. I sense it. People want change so fucking bad. And our politicians don't get it. They're not doing enough. And I know some are trying and I get that. And, you know, we've got AOC and a few progressives that are trying to, you know, get our country moving in the right direction. And then you've got this entire movement against uh, progressivism. It's like, are you stupid? Because we're not talking about doing something for the leftist agenda. We're doing it to, to eradicate the stranglehold that this country has from the corporate oligarchies. Well, that's exactly what it is. And they keep us so mm-hmm. under their under their boot heel. And they keep us yeah. so busy and so down and so broke they, that you, you can't. You, there's no time. You don't have time, to do energy, anything. or no money energy. to retrain exactly. or do something else. Or to even fight for things. Or because, for fu- to fight because you're too tired to fight. Yeah. You're like, ah, fuck it. That's, yeah. yeah. That's well, exactly that's why it. I'm fighting. If I can be a yeah. full-time fighter, that's what I can do. And that's what I'm saying is that uh, this show is so much about mental health and good mental health and and people who have, have struggled with depression and anxiety, people who are struggling the workaday life, trying to hold themselves together at a job where all they want to do is break down and cry in the fucking parking lot. They need help. And I am here to say, put your shoulder on me. Let me take the burden for a while. That's what I'm trying to do. But I'm new This is new. This takes time. And I assure you guys, I have the ethics and the morals and the decency and the background to get it done. I'm a fighter. I'm a soldier. I've, I've been a martial artist. I've done all these things, despite the fact that I'm also a little sensitive, intuitive empath boy. I started out very humble, you guys, very poor. And, um, I'm here to tell you that I do not get a big head about who I am and what I'm doing. I'm doing this to straighten out this crooked crooked society it's not that it's all bad it's not that all jobs are bad it's not that all corporations are bad but until you start getting into the details that's where the details matter pay matters retraining matters better jobs better pay more opportunities fucking matter and we're not creating a society that is sustainable all the while, you've got, you know, rich people problems with Will Smith and you got rich people problems with Elon Musk with his space race stuff. And it's like, while I love space, I'm a Star Trek fan. Of course, I love space. I want to be an astronaut from the time I was a zygote. But but at the end of the day, I know what's realistic. And the truth is, is that what I see is that you know, despite going to trade school, despite going to college, you can have a degree but unless you know somebody and you can network with that wealthy, uh, well-connected somebody, chances are you're going to be at the end of the line like everybody else, you know, trying to work your way up. And while it can happen, that's what the American dream is all about. Uh, more times than not, it doesn't. I am living fucking proof. I have no fl- real character flaws in terms of being an employee. And yet I've tried a dozen times and a dozen times I couldn't meet the mark. 
not because I wasn't good enough, because the world is not getting good enough for the goodness within us, our hearts. We, the American people, we, the citizens of Earth, are good people. It's our institutions that are corrupt. That's and, the problem. And they they want to make you feel like you are the problem. That's and right. You're not good enough. And, and what you're they not would deserving. What and, they would rather have us doing is yelling at each other yes. than yelling at them. Yep. So then you got they Fox News, ver- the liberals versus the conservatives, or the black people versus the white people, or the rich, the haves versus the have-nots, and they they're laughing all the way to the bank, and and they're they're so loving what we're going through in this world because now. You know, as this economy gets worse, did you have something to say? Oh, I was just going to say that um, thing that I posted the other day, and it was a letter from like an Applebee's CEO mm-hmm. that had gotten released. And oh, talk he was about it, yeah. literally saying, okay, well, things are moving in our direction now. So now people are going to have to have our jobs. So we can start paying less because they're going to be stuck here. That's exactly right. They And, and the, his advice was to, if you're a manager, work with your employees. So they can do their second job too. So make sure that they can work two jobs and help with their scheduling. Like just, right. it was fucking infuriating. Yeah. Well, and it, it's like, um, you know, yeah, that's what this is all about. This is about helping regular people. I get no ego out of any of this. I've worked a lot of jobs where I've been in supervisory positions and they didn't pay that good. And I was, you know, I was just, doing a different shitty job than they were doing. We were just two people doing shitty jobs together. I just happened to organize and manage it. And they were the ones doing the the labor, but I was doing a lot of the labor too, because I mean, they would call in sick and guess who was doing that job too, you know? So at the end of the day, I mean, I have so much passion and I know what I'm talking about. I'm in my third season now and I'm not saying this with any arrogance whatsoever i know what's going on in this country and i know what's right for american people they need freedom they need opportunities they need growth opportunities they need educational opportunities and they need means to pay for it and we need a green new deal sorry conservatives i don't know why you're against green but uh we need to escape our addiction to coal and fossil fuels we need to get wind and, and solar and all these things. And we could live in a really cool society that's educated, classy, forward thinking. And, and that's what I'm saying about democracy is that it seems like England and parts of Europe are doing better than us now because they have smarter people. We are only as good as our weakest link. And our weakest link is weak as shit, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I don't say that to hurt anyone, but we are getting too dumb to know what's going on and we're getting too busy to do anything about it. And that's why we need full time activists, full time people like myself, Bo the Fifth Column. Uh, uh, who's that other one? Uh, uh, help me out. Brian Tyler, <laughs> Brian Tyler Cohen. Brian Tyler one. Cohen, right. And I'm not a political guy, but I am somebody who's sticking up for regular people. Because who else is going to do it? Nobody. And so, yeah, and as I get bigger, I can start bringing on, you know, really, really important people to start helping. Uh, Lawyers who are trying to help, uh, you know, who's that lawyer that we saw the other day on TV? And he was the one that's 
the, uh, helping to uh, there was all these clash class action lawsuits against uh, the government, and uh, he's stepping in to right the ship. Uh, I can't remember all the details, yeah, but 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 we're talking about advocacy lawyers who would rather be a lawyer to do good than to do bad. And we need more good people in the world. We need more people that are burdened by glorious purpose to do good in this life. And, you know, do I admit it? Yeah. Do I have a fucking attitude problem? Fuck yeah, I do. But I'm your best friend when you need me, man. You know, um, you know, I might not be a fun enemy, but I am a fucking terrific friend because I'm loyal and I'm strong and I'm really, really passionate about a lot of things in this life. And I always have been, but the reason why I'm not working in all these jobs is because it's shit y'all. It's not mm-hmm. because, you know, regular cooking jobs can be fun, can be good, but people need to get paid commiserate to their qualifications. People need less and drama hmm? and have benefits and have benefits, right. Like and have a good work to home yes. ratio, yes. you know, yes. and they need good mental health. I mean, People are the cheese is slipping off the proverbial cracker, you guys, where most Americans, um, not only are they getting less educated, um, I think there's a lot of smart people out there. Don't get me wrong. But on the whole, as we become less educated, we stop fighting for our rights and we we stop getting more civic minded. And uh, I hate talking politics on the show because I don't want to be divisive, but we have to talk about systemic change and the only way we're going to do it is to keep doing it, keep growing, keep getting better. And that's what I'm saying is that this is going to be not just a talk resource, but this is going to be a resource where I'm going to be sending out newsletters and resources for people to find opportunities and uh, news stories that are going to be uplifting and not some fluffy kitten in a tree shit. I mean, real stuff that can help people find better jobs and find better resources and find mental health resources and all that. Um, but also uh, just stuff to make the world feel like there's still good people in the world. That's why I love Captain America, because I just want to live in a world where I believe that the Supermans and the Captain Americas of the world are winning the race, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. I just, I want everyone that I know and everyone in my life to just not have to be struggling so much all the time. Right, it's- right. And so that kind of brings me to the main point, you guys, is that um, I grew up poor and then I tried everything and now I'm growing older. And now that I'm getting older, I'm finally at a point where I feel like I'm actually becoming and I and I borrow this from Zack Snyder's Justice League, best of the best. <laughs> I'm not yeah. the best of the best because I'm the best looking. I'm not the best of the best because I'm the youngest or the brightest, uh, although I am. I do okay, you know, um, but I'm the best of the best because it's my ethics and what I want for this country. I, if, if given the opportunity, I would work my, I would work 80 hours a week if I could to help struggling people, not only with the show, but also with uh, charities, resources, uh, all kinds of cool things. And as this grows, I'm going to grow into YouTube. I might put out a second podcast. I'm going to be writing books on the subject of being an empath, also uh, perhaps a cookbook. And also I'd like to do a book on, frankly, uh, my take on the gig economy. I know that's boring to some of you guys, but we got to say it, man. You know, my my gig economy episode tanks, boy, it didn't do well. 
Um, but I think that's because it's not interesting to people. And that's what I'm saying is let those who are most interested do the things that you don't want to do. And I'm an advocate for empaths, for anybody looking for a better quality of life and better uh, class, grace and dignity in our daily lives. The, the regular working people are the backbone of this country. We are the soul of America and we are the soul of the world. And when we fight, we get what we want, Yeah, frankly, yeah. you know, if we, when, we, when we come together and, and fight together. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Can. Absolutely. Okay. So you guys, we're coming into the final uh, stretch of the show. I'm uh, going to try to keep this at an hour and 30 minutes, but um, this is my final plea to you guys. I uh, am at a point where I make zero money for, for this, but I put a lot of hours into this. Um, not because just the show, but there's a lot of things going on underneath the surface that take a lot of time and effort and money. And uh, every dollar that I receive, if I get any, I've 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 earned ten dollars to this day. Well, actually yeah. nine, because one dollar <laughs> goes to uh, Patreon. <laughs> um, that was from Idris. Yeah. Um, but the point is, you guys, is that we are um, dangerously close to the edge uh, of our sanity and mental health. If we don't start seeing real growth, and I believe in the American spirit, I believe in good people, and I believe in the working poor and the working class and the struggling poor, and I believe in all of my empaths and introverts and all those struggling, awkward folks who are just trying to make it in a world that's going, getting aggressive and weird and um, just very, very uh, dictatorial, very... um, it's just getting sadistic, frankly. Yeah. You know, yes. and at the end of the day, um, my plea to you guys is that if you support me on Patreon, uh, you can also support me on uh, PayPal. If you don't want to have recurring charges, you can go and make uh, lump sum donations. Uh, any amount will do, uh, but PayPal, and that is, uh, let me just give you guys my information, my Patreon account is uh, www.patreon.com forward slash Chef Comedy, okay? And uh, my PayPal, I changed it because it was my personal email. I changed it to my, uh, now is my working email, but you can find it at Chef Comedy on PayPal. I have a public profile now at Chef Comedy. Um, if you need an email address, I can give that to you. It is cookingupastorm at gmail.com. That's cooking. Uppa, U-P-P-A, storm at gmail.com. And you guys, this money doesn't go to uh, frivolous things. This goes to food in my mouth. This goes to uh, helping Rebecca. This goes to medical bills. This goes to us living so that we can get up out of this rut and get into something really bold and aggressive to help all struggling people. That's what it's about. Yeah. And if you can't contribute financially, just share. Share the heck out of this thing. And who knows what you could reach. Somebody might share. Their friend shares. Their friend shares. Some head of a company sees it and wants to sponsor it. or Absolutely. Because I'm I'm doing what's called um, cross-platforming, where I'm trying to get on all the platforms. So now you can reach me on LinkedIn. If you go to my Instagram or any of my social medias, you'll see my LinkedIn, my link tree. And you go to the link tree and everything is there in one link. And so it's great. Um, yeah. Link tree, it's Chef by Comedy. 
as as you guys know. And um, and yeah, like I said, I know that not everybody's going to be able to pitch in money. If you don't have money to su- to support us, that's okay. Um, Absolutely. And if you only have a couple bucks, that's okay. Um, this is not about um, uh, treating my high dollar rollers better than my low dollar rollers. Uh, in fact, uh, on Patreon, I have four tiers and I make sure not to um, make it feel elitist. I want it to feel equal. Um, but that being said, I'll offer a little bit more insider perks for those who can contribute more. But at the end of the day, I love every single one of you guys equally, man. This is about building a world that we can be proud of. And at the end of the day, you know, I hate waxing negative, you know, but in order to show and demonstrate to you guys the dire uh, circumstances that not only are we in personally, but the country is in, uh, it's bad, you guys. It's real bad. And uh, we can do better. And it starts with helping people who have the time and energy to do it. And I'm one of those people, you know. What do you think, babe? I mean, help me out. Tell them, <laughs> tell them I'm a good person. <laughs> well, of course. And I'm very proud of you for what you're doing, for even Thanks. taking the leap to do this. I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. It's and grown so much more than I could have yeah, ever imagined. I know. It has. And and, um, and I think and it's because I come talk. correct and I keep, I, I keep it real, you know? Yeah. The fact you got me to actually talk. Is, I know that's pretty you're big my deal. co-host on a radio As show. Joe How Biden would say to Obama, "That's a big fucking deal." That's a big fucking deal. <laughs> <laughs> it is because she's so introverted and shy, you guys. And she's, um, you know, she she has a very tough time doing this, but she does it because she knows how important it is. <clears throat> yep. So yeah, just, like I just like I said, just share, share yeah, the hell share out away, of it, you guys. Share it to people that you think would be reach. interested, right? And, and just share, share, share. And the rule. And talk to us. Hmm? Come on, talk to us. Come on social media yeah, and talk to us. No, and, we're here for you guys. You know, come to come to Instagram. It's at Surviving Empathy Podcast. Everywhere else is Chef by Comedy. Um, you guys, we are here and we are the real deal. We are not here to sugarcoat shit. We are not here to um, to take advantage of people. We are here to build the resource uh, of of hope and good cheer but done so in the real world in objective reality we don't we don't like bumming you guys out but we will educate where necessary in order for people to see where we're at and where we're going as a country as a society and um i do think there is better times coming i do but we need to start getting strong now we need to start understanding our rights now we need to start building uh, infrastructures to fight the tyrannical systems that are trying to keep us at the status quo, you know? Yeah. And it's not about hate. It's not about hating corporations. It's not about hating conservatives. It's not about hating anyone. It's simply about any system. And I, I, I keep my eye on the democratic party too. They're corrupt too. So don't think that I just, you know, am targeting Republicans. It's just that I happen to align myself with more progressive values because that's who I am. But uh, that doesn't mean that I like cancel culture. That doesn't mean I like the woke uh, mentalities out there of, of trying to act superior and sophisticated, more sophisticated than everybody else. Um, if you're classy and intelligent, great. But uh, we don't have to get uh, mean about it, you know? Yeah. That's that's not a good thing. So, yes. anyways, thank you guys so very much for joining me. Uh, how's your mental health? Doing all right? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. you got, what's that? It's okay. I'm doing all right. Yeah. It's hard talking about yourself and it's hard coming for, to, to come to you guys and asking for help because uh, at the end of the day, I'm a prideful person. I'm a veteran and um, I, my body is getting older and uh, my pain condition is getting worse. And uh, like my friend Idris, you know, who's having MS problems, I'm, I worry about where I'm going to be 10 years from now if I don't build and act boldly now. And that's why I'm doing this, because honestly, I've tried all the jobs out there. And do I think eventually something might turn up? Sure. Maybe I'll get that bud tender job that I want, you know. But in the meantime, I don't need that much money, you guys. If I was getting one to two to three hundred dollars per month, that would be enough to sustain me. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a lot to live on, but that's, you know, that's what I would make it a part time job. A few hundred dollars a month, maybe three to six hundred dollars per month. You know, I could live off that. And um, that would only take, you know, one to two to three hundred people pitching in a few bucks. That's all it would take, you guys. So we're almost there. We just need that extra oomph, that extra little push. Because as soon as this gets bigger, my numbers will get to the point where I'm getting thousands of downloads and the sponsors will start lining up and then they'll pay me. Yeah. So we will get there, ladies and gentlemen, I assure you. And this is not for me. This is for all of us. This is for the collective soul of our planet, man. Absolutely. And I, I'm humbled that I could be the one doing it you know i i you know i i'm not a perfect person i've admitted that but um a whole lot better than a lot of folks out there <laughs> for sure so anyways thank you guys so very much i hope you guys are having good mental health i hope you guys are doing okay at your jobs if not uh share this with everybody struggling share this with your empaths uh if you like our just coming by for the ghost stuff and the cryptid stuff hey that's fun too that's what we're here for but uh, we are here for you. We are here to serve the best interests of uh, everybody involved. And I assure you, as things grow, the Patreon will grow. Your benefits will grow. Um, and as it stands now, if you pitch in $10, you will get a mug. If you pitch in uh, $5, you will get a sticker, Surviving Empathy sticker. And I will have more merch on the way. I'm looking into Shopify. I'm looking into merch. I just want to make sure that I don't, you know, put the cart before the horse. I want to get big enough first. And we're almost there, but we're not quite there. So, you guys, with the extra little push, um, we can get real far and do really good work. And not just for me, but for this country as a whole. Um, you know, can you imagine if I had the microphone that Joe Rogan has and not right. wasting my time talking about nonsense? Yeah, I know. Can you imagine <laughs> if we had people like Bo the Fifth Column, but on every corner? We need intel- intelligent, mm-hmm. passionate people out there sticking up for the regular folks. And I do believe we're living in a really interesting time where that can actually happen. It's really interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. I love you, and I'm sorry you that too. you have a hard time because. <laughs> sorry, you guys. I um, I love this woman with my all my heart and soul, and I just want to be able to do something good, good, good for for a change. It's not that I haven't done good work, but when you're working, slaving away as a chef for eight. 
75 an hour, not a lot of good can come from that. You know, you got to build, you got to grow, you got to become more successful. And when you know you're smart enough and you know you're good enough and you get no big ego out of that, you're just doing it to build and become better than you are or better than you were. Um, you have to keep going in life. You have to keep going and you all will reach success. I promise you. And if you support me, Good things will come. <laughs> if anything else, good, good, uh, what do they call it? Um, just, just good, good karma. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys. We love you. We'll be back one more time, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay.